Welcome to another episode of the State of the League podcast. You guys are super lucky you get a back-to-back doubleheader listening to me talk about basketball. What could be better than that? Uh, Probably a lot of things, but we're going to pretend like it's a great thing today. Um, We'll get right into it. There's some uh, Mavericks news that's pretty relevant. Uh, Tim McMahon reported that J.J. Barea will most likely not be uh, playing with the Mavericks this year. Um, he said, sources, Mavs plan to release J.J. Barea on Thursday, which that's today. Mark Cuban knew this move was likely when Barea signed a one-year $2.6 million deal last week but wanted to reward him for his impact over 11 years with the Mavericks. Barea, 36, still hopes to play in the NBA this season. Um, two, I have a couple of thoughts about this. One, I do think it's probably time that Barea moves on. I do think that he may have uh, even, you know, Cuban reported today or it was Cuban or Donnie reported today or said in an interview today that anybody on the Mavericks roster that's been to practice will tell you that Berea still has a lot left in the tank. That's probably true. But I think the Mavs are so deep at the guard position at this point that they're really, they're really I don't want to say there's not a need for him, but there's not a need for him. Um, what he brings to the court is very similar to what Jalen Brunson, who is about 13 years younger, brings to the court. And I, I think that it's probably time for, for Berea to step away. Now, I'm not saying he still can't contribute to a team. He could go to somewhere that's not very deep at the guard position or that maybe needs uh, some help in that area and probably still play legitimate rotation minutes. And it's just a matter of where he falls. Now, it'll be weird not seeing him in a Dallas jersey, just like it was weird seeing him in a Minnesota jersey a few years ago. I just think that he's not ideal for Dallas at this point. And at some point, you just got to let go. I mean, it just happens. I love Berea so much the entire tenure of his Mavericks career. And he meant a lot to that 2011 championship run. I'm not taking anything away from his game, but I think there are a lot of fans that that think that he still deserves a roster spot at the guard position when it's so competitive now. I just, I don't think he's going to be better than Brunson. He's obviously not better than Luka. Um, He's not better than Josh Richardson or Tim Hardaway at this point in his career. Um, I guess you could probably make an argument for Tyrell Terry, but Terry hopefully is going to replace what Seth Curry brought with his three-point shooting. So, I mean, I just think realistically there's no way that you can fit Berea onto the roster now where he's going to get good rotation minutes on this team. I just, it doesn't seem feasible to me. Now, like I said, he could go in. There's a couple of places that he could land that I think may, could use some uh, development in in that character and chemistry brought to the team. Um, As much as I hate to say this, I think that, you know, before the Hawks signed... Um, Rondo, I think that would be a perfect spot for Trey Young to learn under Berea. That would be that would be fantastic for Trey Young to be able to develop develop his skills under Berea um, and have some leadership there at the point guard position. Um, obviously, that's not going to happen now because the, the Hawks are kind of in the same position. But th- there are there are some teams around the league that that could use that and. It's, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not J.J. Barea kind of stays around Dallas or if he's going to be in on another NBA team this year. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I wish the best for him. 
if if JJ can go somewhere and play 20 minutes a game, then I am no one is happier than me for for this man. I just there's just no way in Dallas that he makes our team better playing 20 minutes a game. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I'm going to say on that. And I know there are some people that disagree with that take and and want him around. And look, he's a great chemistry guy. He's a great locker room guy. But we do have a lot of good locker room guys and some great team chemistry. Losing Berea would would hurt that a little bit, but I don't think it makes our team chemistry like compromised just by losing Berea. So again, we'll see what happens. Um, I think he's had a positive impact on everybody, so his legacy will kind of stick around the locker room, just how Dirks has um, over the course of the years that he's been gone, or the, you know, the year that he was gone. Um, we've still seen that kind of that self-deprecating humor that has loomed around the Dallas that his whole tenure here has has kind of stayed around. Um, and we see that with Luca and Berea and Boban, KP. I mean, all these guys, it's just a fun group to be around. And like I said, I don't think our team chemistry is compromised just because Berea is going to be gone if he is gone. So that's, like I said, that's all I'm going to say about Berea. Um, it sucks to see him go because it's, it's, you know, but it's bittersweet. You know, we, it's, here's the thing. He's still a guy that could still play NBA minutes, like I said, on probably a bad team or a team that needs more of a spark plug type role. I fully believe that. But the fact that our roster at this point is deep enough to where we don't really need that at this point is is a testament to how good our depth is at this point in time. So that's if you want to look at it in a positive light, that's my take for you. So as you guys know, yesterday I did a Western Conference takes, uh, one for each team, and it was kind of too long to do an Eastern Conference. So let's go ahead and, and get into that Eastern Conference, one take per team that maybe is a little controversial, maybe it's pretty obvious, but just something to to say, okay, if it happens, I told you so. That's really why I'm doing this, for my own personal gain. So... Uh, let's start with Miami. I think Bam could win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, the evidence is there to suggest that he's gotten better every single year he's been in Miami. And he is, for his size especially, a fantastic perimeter defender. He can defend the rim. Um, Jason Tatum knows all about that. He just has, like I said, he's become a better rebounder every year since he's been in the league. He's just all around a great defender. And if he takes another step, like history would suggest that he could, he definitely, I could see, being Defensive Player of the Year. Um, a lot of times we see these guys like Rudy Gobert, um, stuff like that, be you know in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. And having someone like Bam who can not only defend the rim, but also on the perimeter and switch and, fight, and fights through screens, plays hard, I mean, he's the whole package defensively, and I could definitely see him winning Defensive Player of the Year if he takes another step. I mean, it should if he takes another step defensively, it should be inevitable. But anyways, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I think Orlando, I think Markel Fultz will have a breakout year. I think he's still a really good NBA talent, and I could definitely see him getting better. I mean, I don't really have any evidence to suggest that he will, but I just when I, I see him play – I, I kind of got roasted on Twitter a couple of weeks ago because I said Markel Fultz is probably one of the worst starting point guards in the league, 
which I still think that he probably is um, just because of how deep the point guard is just generally around the league. But I think Markel Fultz could take another step in the right direction. He, he seems to be getting a little bit better. And I don't necessarily think Orlando's a playoff team, but if he does take a huge step, then they could be in that kind of play in spot. But, you know, I want him to be good. I don't, there's not many players that I look at and say, man, I don't really want him to be good in the NBA. Like there's, I'm rooting for like every single NBA player for the most part. Now there's some um, like Rondo and, and names like that, that I don't quite frankly, don't give a fuck about, but I do want to see Markel Fultz succeed. Um, Let's go with Atlanta next. I think Atlanta, first of all, let me say this. There's no reason to believe on paper that Atlanta shouldn't make the playoffs. There's there's no reason to think that. I think they could be as good as like a sixth seed. Um, we'll see how that all plays out. But literally, there's no reason why they shouldn't be um, in the playoffs. And... If they're not in the playoffs this year, if they're if they're a twenty win team again with the roster that they have, or even if they only win thirty games with this current roster construction, I think you have to start asking questions about Lloyd Pierce. I think the Hawks should have been even better last year. I know they had a kind of a depleted roster; they didn't have, but it, they still should have won more than twenty games, in my opinion. Um, I know Lloyd Pierce is a great guy. They, he's a the team loves him. Um, it seems like everybody really enjoys him. I just, I think if at this point, if the Hawks don't win, if the Hawks don't make the playoffs, I'm looking at Lloyd Pierce and saying, what, what's going on here? Um, I hate to say that because I, I do like Lloyd Pierce as well, but we'll see what happens in that regard. Um, my other take on them, I think the playoffs thing is obvious. So I'm not going to use that as the number one, as a, my first thing to say about them or as my controversial or hot take about them. I think um, the other one, I think John Collins is definitely going to be an all-star. Um, if he, as long as he stays off the steroids, that is, he uh, could definitely be like a 25 and eight guy. Um, and he could definitely shoot 40% from three, especially with the roster that's been built around him, where teams are going to have to give even more respect to like players like Bogdan and Gallinari uh, Clint Capella now is, you know, he's not going to spread the floor really, but he's still somebody the defense has to pay attention to rather than Alex Lynn. So I could see John Collins with all of that around him definitely being an all- he, There's no reason he shouldn't be an all-star this year. I'll put it that way. Um, he could definitely average like a 25 and eight or even more than that, if, I think, if he wanted to um, on a very efficient shooting split. I know there's a lot of animosity between Hawks and Mavs fans. I think the general population of both of those fan bases respect the other fan base, but the Trey Young and Luca stands of both franchises respectively, they just they need to let it go, man. The trade's over with. That whole thing is is two years old now. Both both players are are fantastic. They're fun. They're both fun to watch. They both could be the future of the league. You know, people talk about Trey Young's defense and, you know, a guy that's putting up 30 and 10 on pretty efficient shooting in his second year and and making an all-star team that, I mean, he's the worst defender in the league or whatever you want to say about him. That's fine. He still gives you 30. He's going to give every team buckets. And 
I mean, look at Steve Nash. Steve Nash was the worst defender in the league when he was when he was in, when he was playing, and we don't see anything about him. You know, he won an MVP for God's sakes, and he was probably one of, if not the worst defender in the league at that time. And he wasn't putting up thirty. He, you know, so the narrative is is pretty flawed in my opinion because, like I said, who can, I mean, defense. Yes, defense is a plus, and Trey Young is a top 20 player probably in the league right now. Um, he definitely should be a top 20 player next year, this upcoming year. And if he's putting up 30 and 10 and you're saying he and he's a good defender or above average defender, then he's a top 10 player. Like we acknowledge, you know, when we talk about this guy, we acknowledge that his defense and, and lack of size and strength is a downfall for him. But – He's still a top 20 player. You can't be great at everything on the court. I mean, very few. And the players that are, they're all-time greats. I mean, if you're put, like I said, if you're putting up 30 and 10 and you're a all-defensive NBA guy, like you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. No questions asked. You're probably going to win several finals. But you can't ask that for every single player in the league. Trey Young's a joy to watch. He's a very, very talented, rare talent. I mean, I just wish all the hate towards Trey Young and all the hate towards Luca from Trey stands would just come to a halt because, like, let's just watch and enjoy basketball. Anyways, I'm done with that. Uh, Charlotte, I think that Hayward has the best year of his career. Better than the Utah days. Definitely better than Boston. Um, he's going to have a lot of opportunity in Charlotte to kind of do what he wants, which he didn't really get in Boston. Um, I saw something – Someone said, I think it was Bill Simmons said that Gordon Hayward had the most efficient year for someone in NBA history for someone who scored under 20 points a game. Uh, so that shows that he just he wasn't getting a lot of enough touches, maybe, which I'm not blaming anybody for that. You know, you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Kimba Walker, like Marcus Smart, even that's a lot of mouths to feed. And it just, you know, wasn't the right situation for Hayward after Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum developed to be as good as they were, or as good as they are, excuse me. So Gordon Hayward uh, going, if he stays healthy, um, I definitely think he could have the best year of his career uh, in Charlotte this year, especially where the opportunity is going to be given. If, if LaMelo Ball can make him better as a playmaker, I mean, it. I'm low-key interested to see how Charlotte does this year. I don't – they're – they're definitely not a playoff team, in my opinion, but they should be fun to watch uh, with with Gordon Hayward and Lamelo Ball. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Boston Celtics. I have an interesting take for them. I don't think a lot of people are going to agree with me on this, but I think Jeff Teague could be a fringe All Star player. Here's why. We know about the Kimba Walker situation. Uh, he definitely has some knee problems. The front office and coaching staff has kind of made it seem like this whole knee fiasco could limit him significantly this season. I think they said something about, well, they're going to reevaluate, reevaluate him in January. Not, not he's going to be good to go in January. Not, you know, we'll see like maybe he'll be ready to play then, or he's on schedule to be, you know, rehabbed or healed or whatever. It's like, we're going to re reevaluate the situation in January. So that's not a good sign for Kimball Walker. But I do think, and I think I'm alone in this sentiment, I think Boston got better, even though they lost Hayward. 
Tristan Thompson is a big addition for them. Um, that's exactly what they needed. And I definitely think it's going to make them better, um, especially especially throughout the regular season. They're pretty much solidified at every position now. I mean, you have Tristan Thompson, you have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and then, like I said, we'll see what happens with Kimball Walker. But with all the focus on those guys, Jeff Teague is still like a good NBA player. He's not great. He's not bad. He's a good NBA point guard. And he's going to be the least focused on cog in that offense this year. And he's going to be able to – he still can distribute the ball and make plays. So being able to get guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum involved, that's going to be huge for him. He hasn't played on a team that good. Um, And if Kimball Walker is going to be out for the rest of the year, it should really bode well for Jeff Teague in my opinion. I don't think he's going to be all-star, but I think he's definitely going to be fringe all-star, like maybe like a 18-8 and eight type season. Okay, so the New York Knicks. Um, I think they're going to be uh, the worst team in the East, and that's all I'm going to say about them. The Brooklyn Nets, they definitely are going to be a playoff team. They're going to be fun to watch. Uh, I love Steve Nash there. I'm a big Kevin Durant fan. I love Kyrie. I know a lot of people don't. I, I do. Here's the thing. I, I'm lower on the Nets than most people are, I think. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to be great. They should be a good playoff team. But a lot of their success is going to be contingent upon their health. I know that's that's league-wide that's the case. But Kyrie has a lot of injury issues. Kevin Durant was the best player in the league before he went down. He was about to steal the throne from LeBron as best player in the league, even in the playoffs right before he got hurt. And if he's back to that or 95, 90% of that, obviously the Nets are still going to be great. I just don't, I don't think that they're going to be like a one or a two seed. Now they're still going to do some damage in the playoffs. I truly believe that. I just don't think that they're going to be as great as everyone thinks they're going to be. Like I said, they brand new head coach, brand new, you know, they're going to have to figure out how to work with injury issues. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm just not as high on as I'm not going to sit here and say, I think, I think they're going to be uh, the first seed in the East when both uh, star players are coming off injuries. Um, I think that's not fair to a lot of other teams in the East, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, I think they get bounced in the first round. Um, we've seen that they – I don't trust their playoff success at all. And I don't know if Bud isn't the right coach there, um, if there's, if there's, they need to try a different system. I mean, the East – is getting so much better and it's not like the East used to be where there was like three good teams and then you have like sub 500 teams fighting for the eight and seven spot. Like every team that's making the playoffs in the East, in my opinion, should be a good team and is going to put up a fight against any team, any other team in the East. Like, I, I mean, I think Washington will be an eight seed, eight or seven seed in the, in the East. 
But I still think they could win two or three games against that one seed or the two seed or whoever they play. I don't think it's far-fetched to say that. I mean, you have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Um, that's a fucking dynamic backcourt. That's a that's that's 60 points a game, 55 at least. And I'm going to I'm going to say they could beat any of those teams on any given night. So that being said, I just don't trust Milwaukee in the playoffs, whether they're a first or second seed, third seed, whatever. I think that one of these teams could could sneak off with four wins against him. And I hate to say that because I love Giannis, future Maverick. Hopefully um, he's gone by then and playing for the Mavs. But no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I I just, I think I'm going to predict they get bounced in the first round. Uh, Cleveland, I got a couple here that, you know, three consecutives that I couldn't think of anything really, just anything interesting because there's some teams here that aren't really that interesting to me. Uh, Cleveland is one of them. I think Love or Drummond gets traded. And I just don't think Cleveland, they're paying a lot of money to to two bigs. Um, I think that they're going to realize they're not going to be making a playoff push. They're probably going to want to trade a vet for some uh, picks um, or some young talent, something like that, in order to build on their future when another contending type team could use a Kevin Love or Andre Drummond. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Indiana, I think Oladipo or Miles Turner gets moved. Uh, I think that's probably more likely to be Oladipo. I just don't see him re-signing in Indiana. And if that's the case, Indiana is should be smart enough to move him without letting him walk for free at the at the end of the year. So we'll see what happens with that but i know miles turner is kind of a weird fit for them as well especially with sabonis being their best big and i'm interested to see maybe both of them get traded i don't know we'll see maybe there's a package to bring another to bring an actual like superstar in and you could do that with miles turner and oladipo probably so that'll be interesting to see what happens uh chicago i really don't have any substantial evidence or any type of this discussion to warrant this even being true maybe it's just i want it to be true i'm a levine fan i think zach levine gets traded away from the bulls literally i have nothing to say about that i just could not think of anything to say about the chicago bulls uh detroit probably one of my favorite rookies uh went to detroit and killian hayes he's gonna get a lot of opportunity there and i think that killian hayes definitely could make a case for rookie of the year so I'm going to say that that's what happens. I don't think LaMelo Ball is going to be efficient enough to warrant that. I know that we've seen rookies sometimes in the past just put up like crazy numbers on inefficient shooting and splits and win rookie of the year. But I, I don't know if LaMelo is even going to be efficient enough to make that happen. So I am just going to kind of have a wild card here. I know a lot of people are saying James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball. Um, Tyrese Halliburton is an interesting one as well, but I'm going to go with Killian Hayes as rookie of the year. Uh, Philadelphia, I'm going to say they end up with James Harden. I truly don't believe James Harden is going to be there or is going to be in Houston when the season starts. I think that the bridge is already burnt. I don't think there's any chemistry there. There's no trust there anymore. 
Uh, he Daryl Morey's in Philadelphia. I'm sure Daryl Morey is is pushing for James Harden as well, and maybe they do a Ben Simmons trade. I don't really know what that trade is going to look like. The only thing that makes sense really is a Ben Simmons uh, for James Harden trade. At this point, I don't even know if if you throw in a pick if you're Philly. I think you're just saying, okay, well we got to get something for James Harden because this isn't working. You know, Ben Simmons is you know, still youthful. Well, I don't know that I don't, I really don't know the fit next to John wall, how that's going to look. It's interesting to say the least, but I don't see any world where James Harden plays for the Rockets the entire year and Philadelphia, that makes the most sense besides the nets. And I think there's more of a connection there with Philly being Daryl Morey. And who knows, maybe Daryl Morey doesn't even fucking want James Harden. I, Maybe he maybe he hates him, and that's why one of the reasons he got out of Houston. But I'm going to say that makes the most sense at this point in time. So that's every East team. I know some of them are pretty lackluster, but some of the teams are hard to, to make sense of. So there you go. The last thing I'm going to do here today is I'm going to try to predict the Western and Eastern Conference standings. And I know that I'm going to get some fan base is going to find this and flame me for not having their team in the playoffs. It happens every year where somebody predicts somebody not making the playoffs. Last year I said it was Golden State, and I got torn into and ratioed so bad on Twitter that I I felt like I was literally cyberbullied. And I ended up being right, and that was just a wild guess. And I kind of honestly – was trolling on that take more than anything, but it ended up being true. And actually, I was pretty much I'm not I'm not trying to brag here. I was pretty much spot on last year with my standings predictions. Um, I didn't have the only thing is I had OKC as an eight seed, and um, I think I had Dallas a little bit higher than the seven seed. Maybe that was me being too optimistic for and, and biased for my for my team. But um, I was pretty much. I was pretty close to being spot on last year, and um, I don't know. This year seems even more difficult to predict. To predict, but I'm going to go ahead and and tell you what I think here. So I think in the in the let's do the East first. Um, I think in the East, Milwaukee is still good enough on paper and going to be good enough in the regular season to get the one seed. Um, I'm going to put Miami second. I think uh, that Jimmy Butler, I mean, God, I loved watching Jimmy Butler last year. I mean, that was just the the competitor that he is and the heart that he showed, especially in the bubble and in the playoffs. It was incredible. And I've always loved Jimmy Butler. For those of you who don't know, don't know I've been around him personally. Um, he played basketball here um, where I'm from in junior college. Uh, I've, I've hooped with him before several times. So I've always been a Butler fan, but he he has won me over even more uh, in the past year with, with Miami, and I've loved to see it. Uh, Harrow and Robinson should get better. And, you know, uh, we talked about Bam earlier. Bam should get a lot better. That team should be nothing but better this year, but I still think they're going to be a little bit lower than Milwaukee in the regular season. So I have them at two. Talked about Brooklyn, Brooklyn earlier. I don't think they're, you know, a lot of people are predicting them to be the first or second best team in the East. 
I think that they're probably going to be a third seed. Not that the regular season matters that much, especially now with we're not going to know how the playoffs work as far as home court advantage because there's no fans. And or I'm assuming there's no fans at this point, so we'll see. So not that the regular season matters too much, but I'm, I'm saying Brooklyn third. Boston's fourth. I talked about earlier how I think they got better, um, even though they lost Hayward. I think Tristan Thompson filled filled a void that they really needed at the center position. And I don't think Jeff Teague, while Kimball Walker is is a couple tiers above Jeff Teague, Jeff Teague as a player, I don't think Jeff Teague is going to compromise how good you are, especially when you have guys around you that can still score the ball and play defense. Uh, Philly, number five. That is definitely contingent upon this James Harden trade happening. Uh, if it doesn't happen, I think they're fifth. Um, if it does, if James Harden goes to Philly, I could see them being as good as a two or three seed. So we'll see how that all plays out. But as of the roster now, I have them at five. <clears throat> a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but Atlanta at six. I think that Trey Young's taking another step. Um, hopefully he's worked on his defense a little bit. Uh, John Collins, knock on wood, won't be suspended for 25 games for taking steroids. Uh, obviously we know they got better offensively on the wings with Gallinari and Bogdanovich. Clint Capella is going to be playing this year. That is a fantastic on paper type of roster. Hopefully it translates to on the court. I love Atlanta. They're a league pass team for me. They, uh, they have been for, you know, the last two years and I'm excited to see them play. I hope, I wish they would make a run. I'd love to see a, a Hawks Mavs finals. That's not going to happen this year. That that would be that'd be wild. But I, I definitely maybe I'm too high on Atlanta because they're kind of my second favorite team. So I, maybe like I said, maybe I'm being biased like I was with Dallas last year. I could definitely see them. I, I think they're in the same position as Dallas was last year, where they'll make the seven or six seed and probably losing like six or seven games to whoever they play, whether it's like a Miami or Brooklyn and, or Boston in the playoffs. Um, Indiana at seven. That's a weird team to me. They didn't get a whole lot better, if at all, this offseason. And every other team we've mentioned has pretty much got better. So I don't see them I don't I don't see them sliding up at all. Uh, I think that they're either a four or five. I think they were a four seed last year. They're four or five. Uh, but they got swept in the first round. And like I said, they, they didn't get a, a whole lot better. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But every other team that we've mentioned has should be better um, this year. And then at eight, I have Washington. I think the addition of Russell Westbrook for John Wall was fantastic for them. And Bradley Bill has gotten better every single year he's been in the league. Um, they have the rookie, Denny Avdia. I hope I said his name right. Uh, Rui Hashimura is, is, should be better. Um, they just signed Bertans long-term, who's going to be a sharpshooter who will get more open looks thanks to Westbrook. I think that's definitely an eight seed. And I think that they're going to be – I'm not saying they're going to go out and beat – like I said, if that if they end up playing Milwaukee, that's a team that if I'm Milwaukee, I probably don't want to see. Like if Indiana falls to eight, 
I could see. I, I think Milwaukee would be Indiana, um, but if if they have to match up against Washington, I don't know that I'm not saying Washington beats Milwaukee, and that's why I said my take is Milwaukee could lose in the first round. So I'm I'm really going to enjoy watching this Washington team play if if they stay healthy and I you know as a Mavericks fan for whatever reason it feels like now we're in just obligated to love Bradley Bill. Um, who, by the way, that Instagram post was pretty interesting where it was Dorian Finney-Smith and Josh Richardson on Instagram and they're uh, in the new city jerseys. And Bradley Bill just, you know, there's a bunch of Mavs players that commented, you know, just random stuff. And then Bradley Bill who said, my guys. So that's just very random, but very interesting. Don't think it really means anything. I know Dorian Finney-Smith and Bradley Bill, I think both played at Florida. Uh, they weren't there at the same time, but maybe that had some kind of link or something like that. Not really sure. I don't think it meant anything. I know Mavericks fans, myself included, like to really uh, blow everything out of proportion. Um, you know, I think Mavericks fans are going to be announcing, you know, every time Woj tweets now, it's going to be announced Bill to Dallas for the next month because of that. So, yeah, that's – in any case, it was interesting. Washington's an interesting team. And Westbrook seems happy to be there, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see how the season plays out. I think this it just seems like somehow, like almost every team that is a playoff team last year that was a playoff team last year got better. Like most of them got better. Like I don't think Denver got much better, um, but we'll 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 see what happens. Anyways, we're, we're gonna move on to the Western Conference now. Uh, I think I said yesterday that I didn't think the Lakers would be the one seed, but I changed my mind today. Uh, here's why Denver didn't get Denver is a team that really didn't get better. So you're banking on Michael Porter jr. Like taking a huge leap because they lost Jeremy Grant and really didn't gain a whole lot of stuff in return. So I, when I said that yesterday, I had every intention of press, um, placing Denver in that one spot. I just think it goes to the Lakers now. I think the Lakers are going to be um, that one seed, just like they were last year. They're a better team. Even if LeBron and AD take some games off, I still think they're going to be good enough. I was kind of stupid to say that they wouldn't be the one seed yesterday. I I, I definitely see them being uh, the top team in the West when it's all said and done. Um, I have the Clippers as the second seed. They're going to be – hopefully they get it – I don't hopefully, but hopefully for them they get it together and are able to play as a team. Um, I, I don't know a team that's better roster-wise than them other than the Lakers. They're still good. They still have two of the best uh, two-way players in the league, um, a decent bench. They should be They should be fine. I'm going to have them a second. I do think that with as good as the West is, just being the second seed doesn't guarantee them like a, a four or five game, you know, win of the first round of the of playoffs. Like every team is going to have to be taken seriously that in the West. Like there are teams that aren't going to make the playoffs that are still going to upset some teams throughout the year that, you know, normally that wouldn't happen, but the West is just so deep. Like Memphis and New Orleans, they're like 
and years previous they're playoff teams, but just it's so deep this year, it's hard to it's hard to predict all this. So I have the two Los Angeles teams at the top. I think Phoenix is going to be the third best team. Um, I we saw what Chris Paul did with that really thrown together OKC roster last year, and it's only a better roster in Phoenix. I think Phoenix finally has some great team chemistry going on, and we saw that in the bubble last year. I mean, that was magnificent. That eight games undefeated bubble run they had, uh, man, they they just looked they looked great, and they're only they only got significantly better. They probably got better than any other team in the league besides the Hawks, and you could even argue that they got better. They they improved their roster more than the Hawks. I wouldn't argue with you on that. I think Phoenix could be the third seed. I think they could be as high as two. And I'm just – and it's going to be fun to watch them. Uh, I have Dallas at four. I don't think this year I'm being too optimistic. I think a lot of people have them as high as like three. Um, or as a team that could challenge the Lakers in the playoffs. Uh, we've seen several people say that. I think that Dallas did exactly what they needed to do, as I stated yesterday. They they did exactly what they needed to do to improve their roster, and that was get better defensively, help Luka defensively, um, get some players that really fit with him. And they they did that, added some young players to the team that really should help out, hopefully. it They, they definitely got better, and I know they were subtle moves. You know, we – we like to talk about, oh, man, I wish we would have got Oladipo or Zach Levine or I wish we would have got another player. I, I think Mavs are just, in general, fascinated with new names and trades. And when we don't sign somebody that's big like that, we consider it a downgrade sometimes. And I used to be the same way. I was heartbroken last year when we didn't sign Kimball Walker. But, I mean, we were fine. We made the seventh seed. And made the playoffs. Luca had took a huge step. He should get better. If here's what the thing is, and it's obvious, the entire success of this season hinges on KP's health. If KP can play, you know, sixty or even fifty-five out of seventy-two games and play at a high level, we are going to go toe-to-toe with every team in the league. I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't make a Western Conference Finals if. If KP is healthy, and I know that's a big if, I hate it, but we're we're going to be a force to be reckoned with if if KP and Luca are fi- firing on all cylinders. Hopefully, we get the Miami version of Josh Richardson and Dorian and Maxi have got better every single year. It it it'll be interesting to see how how fun this Dallas team will be. Um, so that's uh, the two Los Angeles teams: Phoenix, Dallas. Have Denver at five. Uh, like I said, they didn't really – they lost Jeremy Grant, but they should still be a great team. If Michael Porter Jr. only gets better, if he can improve defensively, then that would be a huge, huge step for them because they lost a lot of defense with Jeremy Grant. But Michael, Michael Porter Jr. on the wing, that if he could just get – that, that's going to be a huge thing for them. And like I said, you know, this is the – wouldn't you make the playoffs, you know, if we have to play – that, that would mean Dallas and Denver face off against each other. That could still be a coin flip. I mean, once you get to the playoffs, it's the playoffs. It's different. So Denver at five. Um, Portland at six. Portland, like I said, they added 
Covington, which is exactly what they needed. Uh, they they ended up making it into the playoffs last year despite uh, a really beat up roster for most of the year. Having the layoff before in between the end of March and the bubble really helped them more than anything of, of getting Nurkic healthy. So unfortunately, with as deep as, as the West is, I only see them as a sixth seed. Warriors, seven seed. Um, that's again, they're really, really good at you know, top heavy. They did not very deep, but with Curry, um, I think Wiggins will be a good, you know, I hate to I don't hate to say it, but I think Wiggins, I mean, we say this every year, Wiggins could take really could take uh, another step, especially you know, with the leadership of Curry. Um, Steve Kerr is, is a great coach, that's a good organization. If, if there's any place that Wiggins could go and thrive or really optimize his talents, I think it's Golden State. Um, so that's something that should be good for them. Then you have Kelly Oubre, Draymond, and then James Wiseman. It really, James, if James Wiseman can be a guy that averages 18 and 8 or something around there, that, that would be huge for them. And then last, I have the Jazz. Um, Again, the Jazz didn't get a whole lot better, in my opinion. Every other team that we just named uh, has got better this year. They really didn't, so other teams are going to pass them up a little bit. And there's not only that, they're not guaranteed. I don't. I think pretty much one through six, dependent upon health, that should be a lock for the playoffs. I don't think there's any other team, but there's going to be any. I don't think there's going to be any other team that really challenges that very much. Um, I wouldn't be surprised really if the Warriors were a little bit better, but I wouldn't also be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs at all. I just, I think that they have enough to make it. Um, But the Jazz at eight, I could see them being challenged by the Pelicans, by the Grizzlies. I don't know. The Timberwolves are kind of a question mark for me, but if Cat and D'Lo are both healthy, you have Rubio back. Um, Anthony Edwards is there now. Um, If he's, you know, rookie of the year, top player. Um, they could be dangerous. I don't think that they're better than any other teams we named, though. But I think the Jazz and the Warriors definitely both are going to have to really play well and optimize their strengths to make the playoffs because there's a lot of good teams kind of in that fringe playoff range. But hopefully that's not too crazy of a take as far as, you know, the West and East predictions. Um, let me know whenever you hear this, if you agree or disagree, or if this was just a completely stupid uh, rundown of, of both conferences. But anyways, thanks for listening. We've kind of gone over the allotted time here. So I hope you guys enjoyed. And again, um, I will try to do, I'll try to keep up with the pods. I know this was a back-to-back. Don't expect me to do one every single day, but hopefully I can at least put two or three out a week. Um, I have a little bit more free time to do that now. So Um, it's fun. Again, this is just a a way for me to talk basketball out loud. Sometimes when I'm recording, I'll be honest, I'll say something or have something written down. And when I start talking about it, it kind of seems like, okay, that's stupid. I didn't, you know, so in any case, thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, hearing me rant and invent about the NBA. And again, I hope you enjoyed and y'all have a great day.